Hey guys, welcome back to PSA for PSAs. We're so excited today because we have one of our old teammates, Elena Bruckner. And of course, Alex is here. <laughs> but yeah, we're super excited. Welcome on the pod. Yeah, I'm glad Elena. you're finally on. We've been trying to merge schedules to get you on here. <laughs> yeah, things have definitely been a little bit sort of crazy but I'm so happy to be on too like I love catching up with old teammates old friends and I'm super happy to officially be a PSA that I can partake in this podcast yeah. oh my gosh I know I feel like we have so much to catch up on too because like we literally just jumped like straight into this because Alex has a work meeting and so we're like being like okay, we have to jump in like right now, but we really haven't talked or seen each other in like a really long time. Yeah. Well, I, I was like, <laughs> I was lucky. You. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I was fortunate enough to get coffee with Elena, but you haven't caught up with her, yeah. so. Mm. I didn't. I so was yes, like, Megan, I it's been too long. <laughs> um, so I guess we can kind of hop on in. Um, typically we start out by just having you whoever's on come in and introduce themselves and kind of explain like who you are and like um where you're from what your event is that kind of thing okay cool um well like y'all said my name is elena bruckner um i am a new post-collegiate athlete um i just finished my eligibility this past year so i actually graduated in 2020 but then i was one of the COVID fifth year seniors this past year at UT. Um, and I'm a, in college, I did shot put discus, hammer throw, weight throw. But I have since decided just to transition to full time discus throwing. And I'm continuing on competing uh, post collegiately. So I just moved everything from Austin at California to live with my family um, and sort of pursue that dream. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for the people that don't know, where are you from, Elena? Where did you grow up? Where did you go to high school? How was that experience? And can you tell us a bit about, like, summarize the recruitment process, what your career was like in high school going into college, and why you chose yeah. Texas? Yeah, so I'm originally from San Jose, California. Um, I moved around a lot growing up. So, like, I was born in San Jose, but then lived in Northern Wisconsin, Washington, Southern Wisconsin, back to San Jose for high school. Um, yeah, so um, I've never lived in, like, one place for more than six years at a time. Um, and so, like I said, like, I've been in San Jose since high school. My family's pretty much, like, set its roots here now. Um, but I got into, like, throwing and track and field in middle school just because I was totally that kid who did every single sport possible. Mm -hmm. um, I even did cross country. Ooh, and... let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, it was a love-hate relationship, but one year I actually tried to, like, quit and not do it, but I went and watched my sister at the first, like, cross meet, and immediately I was, like, total FOMO, and I rejoined the team, even though I cried at the end of every race. <laughs> oh, so... my God. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, there's definitely a point in time, too, where I'm like, maybe I do cross-country in high school, and I'm so happy I did not do that, because it's it's not, I mean, I know this is a podcast, you guys don't see what I look like, but I'm not built like the typical cross-girl, so it just makes it that much harder for my body to, you know, lug 190 pounds of myself around a cross-course. So, um, I landed in track and field. Um, in high school, I, like, Obviously, you can't do every sport, so I decided to focus on volleyball and track. Mm -hmm. um, and I was, like, very much focused on volleyball, which, like, looking back now is super surprising to me because, like, growing up, when people said, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I didn't say, like, oh, I want to be an astronaut. I said, I want to be an Olympian. And so, like, it's funny because all the sports I've ever done, like, volleyball like I knew there was no part of me that thought I was going to be an Olympian because I was a hitter and I'm five six <laughs> so like I never it's not even like I was being delusional but like I never for some reason volleyball I just sort of like dropped the Olympic dream and was like I want to go to college for volleyball I was super serious about it I did all the club stuff 
I actually went through almost the entire recruiting process for volleyball in high school because it wow. happens like your sophomore, junior year. Mm -hmm. So I had, I was wow. like lining up unofficial visits. Um, and then track sort of like took off. Um, I was like doing track in high school. My freshman year, I was doing high jump and shot put with like a little sprinkle of discus. Um, wow, high I really jump. didn't take this seriously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she did it all. I dropped the 400, but no, <laughs> I had, I had like awesome high jump technique, but like then the tall kids started to learn technique too. And so like all of a sudden it was like, okay, well, <laughs> we're going to drop this. But it really took my coach to be like, Elena, like, please drop it. You're wasting your time. You're going to be a really good thrower. You don't see it. You don't know it but you could be a really good thrower. And so I was like, okay, fine. Um, and then like, I started taking discus more seriously, like my sophomore year, I made state for the first time in shot put my sophomore year. Um, oh, and I made it in discus. I just didn't really, it was mm -hmm. sort of a fluke. I still didn't really know what I was doing. Um, mm -hmm. But then like my junior year, all of a sudden, like I was like, wait a second. Like I'm actually, you know, I went to state in both. I started seeing other girls that were like better than me and a few years ahead of me. And I was like, they're kind of badasses. Like, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Like I could do this. I kind of want to do this. And I started realizing, like I said, like, Oh, I'm kind of good at this. And so, um, I started thinking there was like a two month period where I was like, maybe I'll do volleyball and track in college. And then just looking at schools, like the schools that I was looking at for volleyball, like their track team, if I threw what I threw freshman year, I would have like the school record. Mm. And so I was like, ah, yeah. because I was mainly looking at like D3 for yeah. volleyball. Um, and so like, I realized like that was a very short lived dream. And I'm glad I did not pursue being a dual sport athlete in college because like, we all know it's hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, um, and look where you are now. So it's, it all yeah, works out. It worked out for sure. But yeah, I ended up at Texas because, um, like, once I decided I wanted to do track, I, like, made a real quick, like, switch around. I put all my recruiting, volleyball recruiting energy towards track recruiting, which apparently track coaches aren't used to. Like, I guess track recruiters are very, like, passive compared to other sports. Mm. And so I was, like, number one in the nation at the time in two events. Mm -hmm. And I was going on to, like, college websites and filling out their recruiting questionnaire without them asking me. So, like, oh, wow. it was very interesting, though, because I – I was very proactive about it. Mm -hmm. I got my foot in the door. I started talking to coaches earlier than they would have normally reached out to me. And it really put me in control of that recruiting scenario because it was like, I had the time. Like I was talking to people my junior year. I was calling people on the phone mm -hmm. before that like magical date your junior year. And I was like, yeah. hello, I know you're not allowed to call me back. So I'll be calling you tomorrow at 10 a.m. Hopefully <laughs> you'll pick up the phone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like That's that was awesome. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, okay. I have multiple questions about that. <laughs> yeah, so first question. Okay. I like to ask people this because it sounds like, so you just kind of got into track just in high school or middle school, you said, right? Yeah. It was like, we always had the, you know, the track and field day that everyone has in middle school. Love that. I went out for the track team and then I was doing the 400 and high jump and they were like, please, we need people to do the shot put. And I was like, I'm strong. I'm competitive. Let me try it out. So that's how I got into throwing. Nice. Mm. And so my next question is kind of like, once you got started in that, I always like to hear how people did because it's so interesting. But when did you like start popping off? Like, was there just kind of like a me or a moment where you're like, wow, like, or like what happened? Like, when did you see like a shift from just like being like, oh, I'm going to try this to being like, wow, I am number one in the nation <laughs> at the yeah. yeah so it was it was different for shot put and than it was for discus so like going in i didn't we didn't have discus in middle school at my school um so like going into high school i was very focused on shot put i didn't like discus because i didn't understand it mm -hmm. and i did i wasn't patient enough to learn so i was really focused on shot put i went into the first practice freshman year and there was this girl who's now one of my best friends. Her name's Ronna Stone. She threw at University of Oregon, and she's a year older than me. But I had heard from the coach that she broke the school's freshman record the year before, which was like 36 feet or 32, 30-something 30 feet. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't know where I got this courage or this energy or this stats, but the first day of practice, 
our coach was like, okay, everyone, like we're going to go in a circle and say our goals for the year. And I straight up looked this girl, Rana, in the eye <laughs> and I said, I want to be her record. I want to be her record. That is not me. I'm not that person. So it's so out of character. I have no idea what came over me. It was like, total like bitch face like i'm gonna be that is not me and so oh i don't know what it was but it was so funny and like i did end up like breaking the record or whatever but it just like <laughs> that was awesome because it started this like camaraderie between the two of us of always pushing each other and i think you could ask her the same thing neither of us would be where we are today but weren't for that person mm -hmm. because like my freshman year we were like we heard about someone who threw 40 feet and we were like no freaking way. You can throw 40 feet. Someone threw 40 feet. Oh, my gosh. And then by the time I left, I had the state record and had thrown 53 feet. Dang. And then wow. now, like anybody that comes into our school, 40 feet is nothing. 40 feet is the bare minimum. That is the expectation. Mm -hmm. And we had multiple girls that were throwing that far by the time that I left. Like, since I came to the school, we had three or four girls. I think four girls go to college for specifically throwing. Wow. And no yeah. one had ever even really been going to college for track from our school to begin with. And so I think, like, that freshman year where I was like, oh, I did this, I threw that. Um, but then, like, with discus, like I said, like, I didn't really do discus. I just did stand throws my freshman year because I had to. Um, it wasn't until, like, my junior year that I knew I was really that good. I had, like, one meet where I was, like, trying. I had, like, I think I had, like, a 20-foot PR which was insane. And that's what put me into like number one in the nation. So it was very much, it wasn't like a, it was very much like a pop off moment where I went from like, Oh, she's really good. She's going to go to state. To like all of a sudden number one in the nation, you know, setting all these records. And it was such like a, like somebody literally wrote in the newspaper. This is a fluke. Wow. Wow. And then like, so that even coming in the next uh -huh. year, like, because I was really, I was pretty inconsistent in high school, but, like, obviously, like, if you can do it once, you can mm -hmm. do it again. Like, yeah, even if it sure. is, like, a, it, and so that whole next, my senior year was all about proving I'm not a fluke. Yeah. Like, watch yeah. me do this again. Watch me do this again and again and again and again. And, like, people already don't really focus on throwers, especially female throwers, mm -hmm. at every level, but especially mm -hmm. in high school. And so, like, I was really, like, I came out of nowhere. And even still, people weren't really, like, paying attention that much. But, like, I, my, my senior year, Miles Split, it was 2016, and Miles Split had, like, tweeted something like, oh, like, what's your goal for 2016? Mm -hmm. And I quoted the tweet and said, um, like, I'm going to make the Olympic trials. And this was before the season had happened. I was the girl who had the fluke 180 throw. My next best throw was like 165 or something. Mm -hmm. Like there was, there was no reason for anyone to believe that was going to happen. And then I went in and I made the Olympic trials as a high schooler. Heck yeah. And, and like miles split, miles split, you know, blew the, I went viral for my little miles split retweet from like January of that year mm -hmm. that like got like two favorites. No one cared, but I was like grinding. And so it was more like, it really was, I don't know, like, if I necessarily had that moment with discus, it was like a slow build. Because I never even did summer track. I didn't do club. And so I never even did, like, a U.S. junior championship until my senior year. And so that senior summer, like, before going to school at UT, I did Olympic trials. I did U.S. juniors. I won U.S. juniors. I qualified for worlds in two events. I went to Poland in two events, like, it really was like that was kind of the moment where all this stuff hit me and I was like oh wow like this is what happens when I don't do volleyball and I focus on a sport and that's when it was really like you like that dream of being a, an Olympian like mm -hmm. reignited in me because yeah. I was like oh you can do it wow that's like such a cool story and um also I saw you win uh, juniors, by the way, in person. I was there. I was oh watching God, you. Yes, I was yeah. there. That's when I first met Herbster. Yes. <laughs> he came up to me. And then Alex made the team. Um, Alex. Rogers. Rogers. Other, Rogers. Different yes. Alex. Yeah, Rogers made the team. And so, yeah, like, Herbster <laughs> came up to me and 
he was telling me all about my new roommate that they were going to put me with. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. so awesome. I mean, you did so, so much, I feel like in high school, yeah. like that is amazing. I mean, just grinding Thank behind you. closed doors and feeding off yeah. of people with, I guess, doubt. So kudos to you, and man. Honestly, like personal goals. Yes. But also like your story, I feel like I've heard like a lot of similar ones. Like you have built a foundation for your high school and have mm-hmm. built like a, like you said, a standard to where now yeah. other people are shooting for that. So you're an inspiration to other people and help have helped other people along the way get to where you were being recruited in college and that kind of thing. And that is something that's so much bigger than like yourself, even though what you've done yourself is freaking amazing yeah. too. But like now you can also know that like, you've also helped other people along the way. Yeah, that and bringing it, it attention to the sport, awesome. man. Because like you said, field events don't get as much attention in let alone female throwers. Oh, so I just have to acknowledge the sign behind you that says that she believed she she could, so she did. Oh, I was yeah. like, that is very <laughs> accurate representation of who you are. So I just love it. It's like perfect, very fitting Dang. for you talking about your athletic trajectory and everything, so... Yeah. yeah, my older sister gave me that back in high school, and I always have it hanging up wherever I, you know, all the various apartments I've lived in. So, yeah. oh, I love that. My heart. <laughs> my heart. Well, so you mentioned going to trials in high school, and we also know that you went this time around as well, most recently for the 2020 Olympics. So, kind of, what was that experience like comparing? going your first time ever in high school, what that was like, and then versus going this time around? Yeah, so the first time I went, um, like I said, like that had kind of been my like goal for the whole year, like that whole last season was to make it to the Olympic trials. Um, I even like bought a steel tape, which is like a tape measure that's made of steel so that it's like super accurate on the distance Mm -hmm. because like regular tape measures, they can stretch out over time and stuff. Um, So I bought the steel tape. I was like very prepared because even if I had another accidental 180 foot throw, you know, I was going to get it certified, measured everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like when the throw that I did to make it, was actually like we didn't realize it was that far so we didn't get the steel tape out in time and the distance was like i think like an inch too short of the standard for trial oh my god um so like if we would have used the steel tape it definitely would have qualified me but so like as you guys know with trials they have like the standard but Mm -hmm. then they also fill the field and so like i was just literally holding my breath like praying to God that like I was going to make it in because I knew that the throw was far enough but like you can't go back and like remeasure it you know um so I ended up being like 24 people make it I was the 24th person let in and I was the only person without the standard but like the way that Olympic trials releases that information is they don't like officialize like people don't say yes I'm going no I'm not going until like the week before oh Like, it's literally, like, the week of that they're, like, okay, entries are closed. Like, for example, this last year with Nationals, Mm -hmm. like, people could hit their Olympic trials mark at Nationals, like, a week before it started. So that's, like, a super quick turnaround. So I was just, like, training. Obviously, I was still training for – I was training for Poland at the time. I think juniors had already happened. So I was training. It wasn't, like, this crazy thing. But I literally, like, I didn't know if I was going to make it in. And so I told my mom – I was like, Mom, buy the ticket, get the hotel. If I make it, I'm competing at the Olympic trials. If I don't make it, that's my senior trip. We're going to go watch the Olympic trials. And so that's how we were able to have everything booked, but I literally didn't find out until a week before that I was that I made it in. I was the last person to make it in. And it was like, like honestly, such a God thing looking back because, oh, my gosh, it, it would have, like, hurt my heart so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but – like, I made it, and I was just so ecstatic that, like, I achieved that goal. Um, so I really went in with, like, no no idea what was going on, no experience, nothing. <laughs> I was just happy to be there. So, like, literally the first day where they just had, like, the ring open, mm-hmm. I walked in in my cute little outfit, wearing my Birkenstock. I, get it. I didn't even know that they were, like, <laughs> allowing people to practice. 
I just like I got in line with people and I kicked off my Birkenstocks and I just went in the ring barefoot and sat down and like felt the ring and I was like, huh, this is nice. Okay, I'm gonna get up and leave now. Oh and my god! I, I was people must have thought like, who the hell is this girl? This little like random high schooler? How did she <laughs> squeak her way in here? What is she doing? But like as I was walking away, I'm just like in awe, being in Hayward for the first time, and just like so excited. And then I see Coach Mario, mm-hmm. and he's like, hey, Elena, come over here. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Coach Mario, hi. And he goes, I want you to meet this this person that I coach. And this guy goes, hi, Elena, I'm Trey Hardy. I'm oh, so yes. excited that you're here. <laughs> going, I lost it. I lost oh, it. My I'm God. such a Trey Hardy fangirl. And so, like, that was so free. I was, like, in shock. And I walked back to my mom, and I go, Mom, Trey Hardy knows my name. He knows my name, Mom. And so, like, that was kind of, like, how I, that's just, that was just the vibe for the entire meet. Like, I was just, it was so amazing to be around all these people, like, making their dreams come true, mm-hmm. people that I want to be, people I want to meet, I want to know, I want to throw around, and I was just so excited. I got to wear my high school jersey, mm-hmm. like, that was so special mm-hmm. for me to, like, cap my high school career with that, and, like, when I actually walked out onto the field that first day, I immediately, like, went across the track to my coach, and I was like, this is where I'm meant to be. Like, this is it. This is where I met. Just with all those people and that energy. And it was so cool. And I, like I said, I went in, like, 24th. I ended up finishing 16th. Oh, wow. So, like, I jumped a ton. I beat all these people. I was, like, so ecstatic. And I was just there to have fun. So, like, the second time this year coming around, um, like, jumping, you know, five years Mm -hmm. in the future, (laughs) um, like, obviously, the first goal was, like, hey, I need to obviously qualify, but I wasn't so worried about qualifying um, because I knew, like, my – I just was so much stronger this year. Um, however, I actually did not have the college season that I wanted, and I didn't even hit the automatic standard for trials this year. I did not – it was 58. I was actually going for the Olympic A standard this year. That did not happen – um, and thankfully I still like, I still made it into trials. Like I wasn't too worried about not making it. The standard was a lot higher this time around. So there were a lot more people without the standard that were getting in. Um, but like my overall goal for trials this past year was like, I, I want to be a competitor. Mm-hmm. I want, I want people to see me. My goal is to make the finals, which is top 12. I did not make the finals. I did not compete how I wanted to, um, which, like, honestly, it sucked. It sucked really badly. I didn't have a great, like, end of my season. But um, I, the, I think the biggest, like, positive takeaway was, like, I stayed and I watched, um, I watched the finals. And, like, watching the finals, watching people that, like, I compete against make the team, mm-hmm. like, win money. Let's be real. It's track and field. As a professional, you're trying to actually, yeah. like, pay your bills. Yeah. So, like, win money. Um, you know, do things. I was watching and I was like, knowing that I still hadn't been doing that good, but knowing myself and knowing what I'm capable of, I was like, I can do this. That that can be me. And it just became like very realistic to me. But like, obviously, it's not like a pompous thing or like, yeah, I can do that. Like, oh, it's not that hard. Mm -hmm. It's not that at all. But just like being in that place and like realizing like, no, like, I can compete. Maybe I didn't compete with these people that well this time, but I know I can do this. And so it, like, made it a very tangible goal for me going into the future, into future USA championships, and, you know, in just three years, the next Olympics. So that was, like, a real positive takeaway of the trials this year was, like, seeing myself actually, like, right in the thick of it with the people that are making the team. Right. Versus the first time, I'm just happy to be here on cloud nine, <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of yeah, exactly. feeling. <laughs> but I bet yeah. you felt more prepared going in this year since it wasn't your first time. You kind of knew a little bit what to expect. Absolutely. I think I was, like, less in awe mm-hmm. and more just, like, really determined because I didn't make nationals in discus. And so I was like, okay, this is redemption. And I had been having, like, fire practices. And so obviously, like, that's super frustrating, like, when you're doing amazing in practice and then you're, like, as prepared as you can be and then you go into the meet and you don't do it. 
um, that sucks for anyone at any meet, Mm -hmm. let alone the Olympic trials. Um, But I think overall, yeah, I was able to be a lot more level-headed just because, like, I was like, yeah, I've been here. Like, let's do this. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know, like, since we know you, we know that you've dealt with injuries along the way. This isn't to say that you're athletic. Although you've made it to both Olympic trials, you have been faced with your own doubts of being injured and not having the seasons you've wanted. So knowing that it takes a specific type of mindset and hearing you talk about the differences from going to the Olympic trials at a young age and going at the age you are now and then having hopes in the future. It's like, it hasn't always been clear cut to this point, but I know I'm talented and I have the potential to go to worlds. I have the potential to go to Paris and I'm not done yet because this was a goal that I set back when I was in high school and the bold girl that I was then is the bold girl that I still am now. So yeah, I just want to bring that up because we know that you've dealt with a ton of injuries and have, we've seen you in like boots. We've seen you riding a scooter. So like the people that <laughs> don't know and like are hearing this, like, Oh yeah, she's a badass. I was like, yeah, she is a badass because she's still at it. Yeah. Given all the crap that she's been through. So kudos to that. And like hearing you speak, on the lessons you've been learning, like the experience of it and not shying away from this big goal of yours that you've so boldly yeah. like etched into stone, like you want to accomplish. And although you've fallen short of not making it to the finals, like it's still there. So oh, yeah. just bringing that And to I want to like real quick add to that too, just like understanding that like I want to make sure people get the whole picture too. Like mm-hmm. I after competing at trials this year compared to 2016, I wish that I would have competed at trials this year like I did in 2016. I wish I would have had the same attitude, the same joy, because I think I would have done a lot better. And I actually went to like a track meet um, like a month after trials and I was there on my own. I was around, you know, friendly faces, cool people, just there to have fun. I was just happy to be there. And in that environment, I PR'd by a large amount. Wow. <laughs> so, like, I think that that was a huge thing to me, too, that I'm like, okay, I was just at Olympic trials, and I did kind of not great because I had this certain mentality when, like, looking back on the times when I've done really well are when I'm in a different mentality of, like, having more fun. And so – like knowing to be serious in practice so that when you get to a meet, you can have fun and you can relax mm-hmm. because you know that your body's going to do what you've trained it to do, but you don't need to like be so intense about it. Yeah. Wow. If yeah. that makes sense. No, I was just about yeah. to say, like, I've never heard somebody, somebody say that more perfectly than how you just worded that. <laughs> Cause I feel like I've always like, you've been, I don't know. It just like, that made total sense to make sure that you're focusing at practice, you're getting your shit done so that when you show up, you can have fun and not stress. Yeah. And then, cause that's how the good things are going to happen for you. Exactly. You know, like that's how all those like magical moments are going to like come together because if you're still in that same, like super technical practice mindset, like you're not going to be like free enough to give that extra spice that you're supposed to have it to me. Right. No, that's, that's amazing advice. I think if anybody were to take anything from this, that (laughs) is like a very important point. (laughs) Um, so just looking back at some of these things we wanted to touch on here, um, do you kind of want to give us a little insight onto just college as a whole for, um, kind of like what you did as your major and, I know you were involved in a lot of extracurricular activities yeah. <laughs> also on campus. So um, maybe touch on like a little bit of the athletic and educational side of UT. Yeah. Um, so I guess like real quick too, the main reason I chose like UT was because of the city of Austin. Like I, I know that like you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know like if your coach is going to get fired. You don't know if your coach is going to leave. You don't know if you're going to get injured and have a career-ending injury, you know? And so, like, 
when I was making my college choice, I was like, I want to choose somewhere where no matter what I'm doing, I'm going to love where I am. Mm -hmm. And I really felt that with the city of Austin. And like, like you guys said, a lot of things happened in my time at UT. We had coaching changes. We had, you know, injuries. We had different things happen. And I still, looking back, I would not have made a different decision because of how much I love Austin and how happy I am with getting that experience and being there and the people I met in the community I built. So, like, like you said, like, I did a lot of extracurriculars, too, at Texas. Um, when I came in, I thought I was going to do pre-med, and I very quickly realized that, like, no, this is not for me. I don't actually want to go to med school for that long. Um, full disclosure, I had a full scholarship to be at UT, and so another part of that decision not to do pre-med is I was like, God has blessed me with no student debt. Yeah. Why on earth would I graduate with no student debt just to take on years and years and years of more student debt? That just yeah. didn't make sense for me. Um, and I realized that really like what was behind me wanting to do the medical route was that I want to help people. And I was like, being in medicine, that is how I physically help people. And through different, like, jobs and internships and stuff, I've realized, like, there are lots of other ways to help people that's not, like, putting a Band-Aid on them. Not to say that that's what the medical field is, but, like, physically helping people. Um, So I ended up going into economics and entrepreneurship, and I loved it. I loved my major um, because, like, I found it fun. I really enjoyed economics. Um, I'm definitely not going to be an economist, but I think, like, I chose econ because, like it's pretty similar to like a it's like business math and so I'm like if I want to do anything that a business major could do like I can pretty much do it especially with my entrepreneurship classes as well so I felt like there were a lot of opportunities with that um and then like I think for like involvement on campus um I was involved in like a couple different like Christian clubs um Honestly, like, I was in three different Christian, four different Christian clubs during my time at UT. Um, But the biggest one that really had an impact on me was Athletes in Action, or AIA, as some people call it. Um, And I was, like, involved with them with some capacity during all five of my years at UT. And honestly, like, that community was just, like, life-changing. The people I met through that, um, specifically, like, the leaders, they're just, like, young adults that, like me, like, were athletes in college. Um, and just, like, building those relationships and, like, having people that had my back was, like, super, super cool. Getting emotional, but because I Aww. miss them and they're awesome. Aww. But so shout out to AIA. If you're a Christian or you're not a Christian, either way, they're cool people. You should hang out with them. I actually saw on their Instagram today that they're hanging outside of those, handing out donuts. <laughs> oh, oh, my if gosh. you see them, that's who they are. Um, but, yeah, like that was the most impactful like group I was a part of at UT um and then I also actually like my not my fifth year but my senior year um I also really wanted to just like be a real student outside of being an athlete um because I always wanted to make sure that like being an athlete wasn't all that defined who I was like I literally my whole time at UT I never once used a UT issued backpack for my school backpack I never wore team gear to class unless I was coming directly from practice because I didn't want people to judge me based off what they saw. I didn't want people to immediately look at me and be like, they're an athlete. Like literally I would have classes with people like for multiple semesters in a row, the same people. And then all of a sudden they'd be like, wait, you're an athlete. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, why didn't you say anything? And it's like, because then that's all I would be known for. So, like, that was really important for me, too. But, like, in an effort to branch out from that, um, I actually was a part of UT's production of Rocky Horror. What? Yes. Um, Yeah, tell us more, please. What? (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. It was my senior year, so fall of 2019. um, I did ASL at UT, and there was a girl who had done ASL classes with me. Her name's Rachel Stone. She's awesome. But I had, like, seen on her – I was following her Instagram, and she was, like, posting about Rocky Horror. I had never even seen the movie. I had only, like, known about it from Glee or, like, my friends telling me about Rocky Horror. And she was, like, come try out. And I did musical theater. Like, I dabbled in high school. Um, And so I was, like, oh, my gosh, this sounds like so much fun. It's during the fall, so we're not traveling. And, like, heck, yeah, why not? I'm going to go try out. 
So I was very sad when I arrived to the audition and they were like, oh yeah, no, it's a shadow cast. Like we're not singing. It's it's just like acting and like dancing kind of, but you don't actually sing. And that's my favorite part about musical theater. But oh. basically like, that's the typical Rocky Horror thing is that you'll do a shadow cast. You play like the movie in the background and you have a whole cast acting out and dancing the whole thing. And then there's like props and stuff too that, and people throw stuff at you on the stage and there's like callbacks. People are yelling at you the whole time. And it's a grand old time. This is so cool. <laughs> it was so freaking cool and so random. And I like didn't even really tell anybody about it. So it was like this special secret thing that I was just doing as a normal person. Um, and so I loved cool. it and it was so fun. And I got to know like all these new people that were like so polar opposite to like the people that I was always around in athletics. Um, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was really cool. And it was a super valuable experience. And like, I, it was like my chance to just be like a, a normal student at UT and like do some cool things with cool people that were not my typical people that I was always around. So yeah, that was another thing I was involved in and had super fun with. That is so cool. I wish that I was at UT when you did that so I could go and see this because it sounds so freaking cool. You know what this reminds me of? And Elena knows Gabby really well, Gabby Crank. Yes. Yeah. She, they have this random club on campus and it's called like the Head of Lettuce, like oh the my Lettuce God. Club. And they all- Of course she would be in a club like that. You well, and Gabby are pretty became... similar, I just gotta say. Yeah, no, y'all are. But Gabby became the head of lettuce because I guess every year, like the only time this group gets together is to like have a competition where they like sit around. Everyone brings like literally a like lettuce. a head of lettuce. And oh, and you have to eat it, right? Yep. Yes, and she was the yes. head of lettuce. Oh <laughs> she my won. god! It's who could eat the whole head of lettuce so the fastest, funny. and of course she would yeah. do that. <laughs> But that, that was so her, cool. like, she had a lot of things. But, like, that just yeah. reminded me for some reason. Just some, like, fun, random, crazy thing that it's like, wow, like, I'll never forget that. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. And I completely feel that, too. I'll, I'll never forget being a part of Rocky Horror at UT. And our some of our massage therapists actually came to watch me. Oh, but that's like, amazing. It was so cool. It was so sad, though, because they showed up and they were like, oh, like, we're full. You can't come in. So they, and we were performing in the theater in the sack. So they literally were just sitting in the sack cafeteria at nighttime drinking wine. And I no. like had to walk, I had to run through the hallway to do a transition. I was like, wait, I was like, what are you guys doing? They're like, oh, well, they didn't let us in. So we just thought we would sit here and see if we saw you. And they're just like drinking on campus. And I, it was so, uh. and that's just like, that's another huge like thing that I loved about UT was like, whoever you were working with like you always have little communities and stuff and cool people oh yeah for sure i feel like it's definitely ah. i mean i can't speak i've never been to another college but <laughs> <laughs> it's a special one i think yeah not biased <laughs> <laughs> at all at all <laughs> um well honestly elena i was just thinking as you were going through this i was like it sounds like you had the whole you are the package. Yeah. Like you have <laughs> done it all and feel like you're on like the the right mindset of like everything. And I'm just like super, I'm just super impressed. And I'm like, wow, it just sounds like an awesome experience. Just like your life. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> okay. Kind of so I, say. again, like I hear you. Um, I want to be clear. Like what, this conversation is very much like the Instagram version of my life. Yeah. So like, I am totally blessed to like speak about all the good things all together. But like a lot of shit went down. Yeah. Um, but like, it is, it is nice to hear you point out that like, yeah, I did get a lot of really cool experiences and I did have a great time at UT. Um, and again, like even with all the like crap and the bad parts, like I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, that's amazing. I just don't want it to come off as if, like, everything's perfect. Yeah. No, (laughs) no, sorry. I did not mean to make it seem like that. I mean, I know everybody has their stuff um, that they go through, and, like, everybody has that. And it's not something that um, I meant to brush aside. But we can talk about some crap. (laughs) (laughs) I like talking (laughs) shit, so let's talk shit. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> LOL. LOL. Yeah, we can go. I in had the... my athlete, Alex. I had my athlete exit interview. Oh, did you? <laughs> How was that? Oh, I did. I did. okay don't get us wrong too like we i feel like also before we we get into the real the real shit of the episode but um, (laughs) like i feel like at least i do and i feel like other people who've graduated too we're always like oh my god ut is the best like i love ut like nothing else like die hard which i am don't get me wrong but there was a lot of things that was wrong or like could could use some help processes i could be better and like different things here and there you know like not to say that that was all perfect either yeah I think what we get from collectively is knowing that the experience we had is one that we will never change because it has shaped us into who we are today and has like kind of opened our eyes to like what needs to be changed how we developed in the span of four years and how we can learn to better advocate for ourselves and like how the NCAA and student athletes are essentially an entity that still needs a lot of development. So although yeah. UT is great, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's a huge university that can provide athletes with the multitude of resources given how big our football program is, but it still needs yeah. a lot of work. Um, but yeah, we can go into that discussion of perhaps like, what do you think your sport can use? Like, what do you need? Um, what are some of the experiences that you think were detrimental or not so detrimental, but had an impact in the way yeah. you kind of progressed as an athlete? Because I think Megan and I always relate with other athletes in the running scene, but we don't know enough about field events. We don't know enough about throws and can you just educate us more on some of the complexities or things that you've encountered that perhaps could use some more tweaking in the sense and like, yeah, I don't know if that did, did a good job, but like, can't we, this is a good segue into just, just having a conversation about the difficulties that you've encountered and like what we can do to make throwing better and women's sport in general. Yeah, so I think one thing that, like, is more maybe specific to me and less, like, the sport as a whole is um, I just, like, I've sort of had to deal with a lot of, like, trust issues with coaches um, just because I've, like, had issues in the past with coaches being difficult and not great or not really there for me. Um, And so, like, I, to have a good coaching relationship, like, throwing like in all in all aspects of track and field like you have to have a good relationship with your coach throwing is is very technical it's an art form it's not really throwing is not about how athletic you are Mm -hmm. it's not you can be the best athlete doesn't mean you're going to know how to throw a discus you know and so like you have to be like not only like to be able to be it's very much about your like headspace especially in a meet and so you need to be able to be in the right headspace, and your coach has a lot to do with that because you have to have this relationship with your coach where you trust them 100% mm-hmm. that they want what you want and they're going to want what's best for you and that they're going to, like, be there for you, you know? And so um, I've, like, had to deal with issues because of, like, not having that trust fully there. And so, like, I think something that was difficult for me at UT was when we had that whole coaching staff change, it was very much like new regime came in, like, hey, we're here. We have a plan. We want to do great. You know, jump on board or get dropped. Yeah. And there was no real transitional period for us to, like, build that trust. It was very much like, trust me and like you'll figure it out later you'll figure out why you trusted me later Mm -hmm. it wasn't like i understand trust needs to be built it was just like trust me and i won't let you down like trust that i'm not going to let you down instead of i'm going to prove i won't let you down so that you trust me and like that was really hard for me and so like even when i did like even when that trust had been built up it was still hard for me to like have that because I was, like, punched in the stomach with it from the beginning. And so it was always just, like, difficult to really, like, have that solid trust built up. Um, And so that was, like, 
always something that I was struggling with just because also I'm like, I'm a very emotionally led person. And so like, I now like, it's funny, like moving into like this next stage of my career and like getting to choose my coach. Like I have all of these like questions from my experience with other coaches that I'm asking these new coaches, Mm -hmm. you know, like one of them is I'm like, okay. And like, one of them is like, let's say I do poorly on a meet. I have a bad meet. How do you react as my coach? Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that? How are you going to interact with me? How are we going to move forward from that? And like the hard thing with questions like that too, is like coaches aren't necessarily going to tell the truth yeah, or they're not going to know that they're not telling the truth because they think they're doing, I don't think anybody's purposely saying like, Oh, if you do bad, I'm going to turn turn my shoulder to you and I'm not going to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, like, I don't think anybody thinks that they're <laughs> doing that or thinks that that's the best solution. But it happens a lot. Yeah. And so, like, I've also learned, like, I can't even just, like, ask coaches these questions. I have to talk to their athletes and talk mm-hmm. about people who have really worked with them, experienced them and stuff. Because that emotional side of not just the sport but life is so important to me. Yeah. I mean, with that, and like, I know it's going to make or break me. Yeah. With that too, it's like, you need to validate your own feelings and come to terms with like how you cope when things don't go right. Like, are you going to shut down and just crawl into a hole or is it going to be like, I want to be very analytical and like talk this through. So it takes a lot from both parties. So yeah. Yeah. And you're just, it's, it's very different from NCAA with being, thrown or being told like hey this is your new coach or you can do a visit and like you only get surface level of like who you're going to be like who's going to be training you and you have to over the years build trust and like be okay with them somehow determining your projection so now that you're in hands of deciding that it's a lot (laughs) it's it's a big step because it's like okay I should know what a good coach is and what a bad coach is and what what I'm looking for it's like I have to go test it out it's kind of like test driving cars in a way so and just having the the guts and to just pull back when things aren't working and being like hey I'm this isn't working for me I'm gonna shut it down um and I'm gonna go on and find the next person so yeah. A lot of newness. Yes. <laughs> Very How nice, is so. that process going? Are you in it right now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, a hundred percent. I like, I moved out to California, um, with the understanding that I had a volunteer assistant coach position at a university out here. And then very quickly, um, they had a new athletic director, their head mm. coach got fired and then the whole staff got fired. So, um, yeah, that as we're all familiar with, yeah. that's a little bit crazy. Oh, but the, yeah. the good thing is that, you know, I was not a student athlete at that university, and it is very easy for me to regroup mm-hmm. and, you know, go on to the next person. So, um, yeah, I am like talking to a few coaches right now. Um, I'm figuring that out. And I, I like having the like control of it mm-hmm. because it is like it, it feels different than college recruiting because also I'm not having to think about the college yeah because when I was doing college recruiting I chose a university where the coach was not my first choice of coach mm-hmm. when I chose that university but I you know we're going to college you have to think about what what is what is really being a student athlete mm-hmm. you know it's yeah a lot of people like to think being a student athlete at a D1 university is being a pre-professional athlete. No. <laughs> it is a student athlete. It is a student athlete. You are a student athlete. Student Even someone first, here yeah. who is, I'm like, I'm going, I'm going professional. Again, it's very different than the NBA or the NFL. Mm-hmm. But, like, you're still a student athlete. And so you have to choose college and athletics a little bit. So it's cool to be able to go through this process and, talk to coaches that I said no to when I was going to recruiting because the university was not right for me. Mm-hmm. And so getting to just look at the sports side of it is awesome. It's exciting. That's super cool. Another good perspective. Yeah. Sorry, yeah sorry about the assistant <laughs> coaching not falling through, but that is good mind shit. Mind, mind shit. Mind shit. <laughs> As we're shit talking. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Well, what are 
kind of some of your goals moving forward now? I mean, I guess you're trying to find a new coach, so you're doing that. Um, how, I guess, how else are you navigating the system of marketing yourself as an athlete and gaining sponsorships and that kind of thing? Also, potential goals for your athletic career? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, like, the first side of that, like, the marketing myself side of, like, being a post-collegiate professional athlete and stuff, um, I'm, like, learning as I go. I mean, I've been doing some, like, smaller social media things that are, like, less athlete-focused and more just, like, personality branding-focused and stuff. And, like, I've tried things that, like, I'm, like, yes, I love. Like, this is great. Like, shameless plug for Chike, which is a protein brand <laughs> that I'm, like, an ambassador for. I freaking love them, like, their product, but also their team is so sweet. Mm -hmm. They always write me little notes and are, like, checking in on me, and, like, they follow me on Instagram, so they're, like, good luck with your move on, like, my little note and stuff, and so, like, stuff like that. Like, I had already been using the brand forever. I love them. They're awesome. That's easy. And then there's things, like, I'm trying something out new, and then it turns out it's not really, like, just an ambassador. Like, it's a sales thing, and I'm, like, no, I'm not. I'm not an influencer. Like, yeah. that's not for me. Yeah. And so that's yeah. very much like, thank you for my free product. Okay, I'm going. Um, <laughs> and so, like, finding, you know, the balance of that. Um, and then, like, I'm not really looking at any, like, huge – I'm not really pursuing any huge opportunities at the moment because, like, as an athlete, like, I want to go to a brand where they're going to trust me and see that I know what I'm doing. And if I go to someone and say, I just graduated college, I just moved to California, no, I don't have a coach, no, I don't have a schedule, no, I don't know what's going on, It's on, and I only throw 59 meters, like, so far, but it's not Olympic distance, you know? It's unlikely that I'm going to get something, that I'm going to get the most that I'm worth, you know? And so right. I've really been focusing on, like, figuring out the training side of things, and then I can go to brands and be like, I have a plan. I'm organized. I'm motivated. I've got my shit together. Mm -hmm. And they can be like, great, we want to back that. Yeah. So, like, I'm I'm excited to move to that side of things. Also, like, I'm – my, like, goal financially this first year is not, not to lose money. Mm -hmm. I think it's a very realistic goal. It's a big goal, but it's also a realistic goal um, because, like, it, people – don't understand like it you don't you don't just make money you don't just go pro and make money yeah even right. when you do like make the olympic team you're not guaranteed a paycheck mm -hmm. you know and so like i'm being realistic about myself so that i don't do one year of this and feel drained and destroyed yeah. you know i don't want to have such high expectations that when i don't meet them i'm like i i can't do this anymore like, I'm in it for the long haul, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. three years is long-term. Yeah. Three years is one one more Olympic cycle. There's a whole other four years after that. Throwers, throwers last forever. There are some old <laughs> throwers out there. If I if I end up being that person, so be it. I, I get to be that person. But I'm not going to make it to another two, three Olympics if I'm over here saying, like, I'm going to make money my first year. Like, that's, that's not a sustainable attitude and mindset. So I'm just trying to be really realistic with myself so that I can, you know, be in this for the long haul and have those long-term goals and actually grind through the bad years and make it to the good years, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. That takes a lot of patience and I feel like self-control and also knowing, like, your self-worth. Yeah. So, yeah. So you mentioned going the marketing route or like partnering with this protein shake thing, company, sorry, nothing, yeah. company. Um, <laughs> but why is that? Why not clubs? Is there a lack of throwers clubs? Are there any throwers clubs? I know we've had this discussion of how yes. people in the running community can join very low-key running groups. You can join marathon groups. You can join ultras. Yeah. Um it seems like there's always a running group or running community around the corner. What's it like for, for throws? It's so sad. Um, yeah, like there's, there's definitely not that. I mean, um, there's like a few like throwing clubs that are well known that are mainly for like high schoolers. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like post collegiately, like 
there's a couple of groups, but it's like few and far between, you know, like, like you said, you can turn, turn any corner. Like I'm, I'm on Strava. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I record my rollerblading on Strava. Follow me. Nice. Follow us on Strava. I totally will. Yes. I'm doing the picky bar challenge right now. Oh, yes. (laughs) But like, there's so, there's absolutely so many resources for running and there's so many different groups and there's so many different things and you can find people to run with. Like it's a very accessible sport. Um, but there's just not that in throwing. And so I don't, I don't think that like throwing would ever get to that point. Mm-hmm. And I don't think throwing could because of how specific and individualized it is. But like, it is like something that I kind of wish there, there was more community mm-hmm. and open community. Cause I think there are these little communities, but they, they seem a little bit more like closed, at least to me. Yeah. Um, so I mean, part of me is just, like, maybe it's not built for the community the same way that running is. Mm-hmm. But, like, how can I, even just as an individual, like, emotionally support people yeah. so that they do want to do it? And even if we're not in a training group together, they know that I've got their back. They know I'm cheering them on. And they know that I see them. Mm-hmm. Like, that I just that I see them, you know? Like you said, like, all throughout high school, it was like I was just grinding in the dark, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, in high school sports and high school track, like, there's the Nike cross race. There's the new, I don't know, New Balance or whatever. There's all these different, like, special invite only, like, the sprint thing where it's, like, you go and you do the the sprint. And then there's, like, Brooks PR Mm -hmm. and different things like that. And they're, like, kind of isn't. They're starting to become more traction with the throws. But they, like, wasn't really that with the throws. Yeah. And so it also makes throwing seem less cool and less hip Mm -hmm. and people aren't getting into it as much and stuff. And so like, if I can just like let people know that I just see them grinding and putting them at work, like I think that if I was back in high school and someone just like acknowledged, like even my high school, I won like Gatorade player of the year. Yeah, that's huge. You want to know that banner? That That banner is is in the attic <laughs> high school. My high school did not put it up. Mm-hmm. They didn't put it up. I love my high school. I love you. But they didn't put it up. They're not helping me build mm-hmm. the athletics program. The, not even just the throws program, but the athletics program as a whole. No one else in school history has gotten that at my school before. Yeah. And it's a big deal. It's a and huge so, deal. Like, if I could just, like, help give people just, like, the acknowledgement mm-hmm. Of like, yes, you're doing it. Like, I just think that little things like that are just going to slowly like build throwing as a sport. And I want to be able to like do that for other people because I it's the thing that I wish someone would have done for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they need to throw uh, put the throws option on Strava. I think just <laughs> <laughs> GPS track it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh, we need to make a GPS shot put at a discus. Honestly, that could be the new, <laughs> well, like... Well, hey, I'll turn, I'll turn on my walk for when I'm retrieving my disc. There you go. Oh, man, I just keep going back and forth. We're both there things. you go. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Yeah, yeah, that's so true, though. I I mean, it, I feel like it's, it's a lot harder than people like to think it is for a lot of field events. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 I'm hope yeah. I think you are touching people though by by doing your TikToks and posting (laughs) like it's funny but also not. Um by also putting yourself out there on your platform because I remember when we had coffee you talked about how you literally bought yourself a tripod and put up your phone and like since it is very like critical of like technique ridden um you would go back and replay your things and there was this one time you were throwing and some man just like walked up and asked you if you were a thrower and like how that meant a lot to you that like he also related because he was a a thrower and I don't know it's like it's it's sad in the sense that like we don't see these people or don't see who we're actually helping but I think you are you move me by seeing you continue in the sport because it it takes a lot and you're not always going to hear it. You're not always going to see the people who support you, but I'm, I support you and I'm pretty sure you're motivating. 
either high schoolers or other collegiate athletes out there. They just haven't had the either courage or ability to reach out. But you putting yourself yeah. out there and promoting yourself is also doing the sport justice because like you said, it isn't getting the attention that it needs. And we know that it isn't at a magnitude of what current running distance and sprint athletes have been in the past. So let's all hope (laughs) that we can push uh, more attention to field events because they do need more attention. So, Yeah. Yeah. You are making a difference for sure. Even if it's just that one kid who doesn't even know who you are, but they pass by your name (laughs) on a record that's on your high school wall. Like you, even that little simple thing is like sparking something yeah. in someone we don't yeah. know and then somebody's probably influenced by megan lloyd at keller and went to texas like surely you get like those random dms from younger people who are just like oh my god you inspire me and it's like i have no idea who you are but all right <laughs> yeah i actually had one of those the other day on the trail i was like i don't know who oh. you are she went to saint she's at saint oh. edwards now and she's like she was so tiny, and I was getting ready to do long That's run. So I was, like, sweet. groggy, like, half asleep. I was like, fuck, I gotta go run 12-whatever miles. And she goes, oh, I remember you. And I was like, oh. I was like, I kind of remember you, but I don't. But she's like, you're a big role model of mine. And then she, like, runs away. I was like, oh. That's so Aww. sweet. But That's really cool. You never know. You never know. Yeah, when you're exactly. when you least expect it, people hit you with a random DMs or a creepy walk by and stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well that is all very true. Is there anything that you want to add that maybe like a piece of advice yeah. or just something? Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Elaine's words of wisdom. I don't know so much, like, if I have words of wisdom, but I just want to say how much I appreciate you guys for, like, doing this podcast and wanting to, like, continue conversations. And I know that, like, each one is different depending on, like, the person you're talking to and, Mm -hmm. like, the route that they're choosing to go and stuff. But just, like, continuing to, like, have conversations just about literally anything in life. And, like, allowing people to see into that aspect of your lives and others is, like you guys said, like, it makes a difference. Like, maybe you never see it, mm-hmm. but, like, if some person, like, listens to one of these and hears something, like, even if it's a little bit of a change for them and stuff, like, it's awesome. And it's super impactful. And it's cool because, like, people don't do this. And I think it's awesome that you guys are taking the time, energy to do it. So, mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> I know it's like yeah, long day of work but we still came back to do this I know I was like it's always like yeah. you're like oh gosh like we have to do this work for this or edit this but like every time we have somebody on and like we talk and like have this mm-hmm. amazing conversation with you it's like it makes my entire day week like it makes everything honestly yeah I completely so forgot it, I woke up important. at 6 30 this morning and just had a full work day and I'm on a work call but yep. Being here, <laughs> I'm on a work call. She's on a work call currently. <laughs> I'm on a work call. Get Not it. this call. It's a different one, but it's okay. Great way to start the new job, right? Yeah, yeah. But no, this this is great. And honestly, we need to have more conversations. So also, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Cause yeah, thank you for being on. Yeah. We appreciate Thanks it. for having me and making me feel special and reminding me that, like, my story has worth. It does. Yeah, it of does. course it does. Well, we're going to have to keep up and we will tag or not tag. I guess we'll tag Elaine on Instagram if you want to follow her. <laughs> oh, we'll yeah, we are. Her, but do you want to drop your handle on Instagram? And then also, what's the name of the company that you are an ambassador for? Yeah, we could, oh, we're going to plug you, girl. All right, yeah. we'll put that oh in the gosh, comments. They would too. love that. They would love, like, honestly, guys, they're so cute and genuine they're texas based honestly you would do so much with the do you use like weighted vest i got a random weighted vest from some austin company the hyper vest i was i was i know i was gonna message you about it again i know the girl gretchen talking about you want one yeah i could hook you up with one yeah connect me just i got you because that would be super cool that'd be super cool and potentially you told me about the stockney person yes yeah i could hook you up with those two i'll give you those contacts That'd be sick. Okay, sweet. Yes.
well. Oh, we didn't have any fun questions. Oh, I didn't think fun of fun questions. questions. If you could have any job besides being a professional thrower, what would it yeah. be? I already know. So it's I'm running my own coffee shop. It's a coffee shop and a yoga studio. Mm. And it's like a faith-based environment. So like whatever that means to you, <laughs> you know, just like supportive people and give the space for people to like do life together and like be supported by people in their community and I also I love yoga I want to be a yoga mm-hmm. teacher so badly and like I think that'd be really cute to have like just that space and just like coffee shop with the yoga studio in the back and then like Ooh. I live in the little apartment above so I just pay for the one space of oh, land yes yes and I don't know it's cute it's cool I would love to do that like I I I studied entrepreneurship. Uh, I am not a tech bro. It's <laughs> for me. That's not. I am much more like, yeah, just like endeavors that serve others. You know, I'm here for it and make it fun and do it with things I'm passionate about. So that I, oh my gosh, I would love and I would like build it in like an old Jiffy Lube or something, or oh, like, some yeah. man, like something quirky and Going cool, for the chic look. Or like in a tree house. Like, I don't know, I'd, yes. I'd make it different and fun. That is so cool. That, like, that's amazing. I'm laughing because I'm, like, in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd want to, like, take people's earwax out of their ears. Oh, girl. That's not a job. <laughs> okay, then, you watch TikTok? Are you on TikTok? Yes. Yes, have you seen the, the hydrogen peroxide earwax thing now? Nope. Um, no, Dude, I haven't Megan, seen this. I'll send this. it to you. Again, <laughs> side, side thing, the craziest thing about TikTok is that nobody sees the same TikTok as somebody else. So my TikTok, I'm looking at all these trends, but what's trending on your TikTok is totally different. Right? Like, I need to be on earbox TikTok. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay, I'll have to send you something because it's so crazy and I kind of want to try, but I'm scared. Oh, my God. Send it to me. Send it okay, to me. I will. I will. <laughs> okay. That's so cool. Oh, my gosh. This was so fun. Alex, I hate to end it, but do you want to close this out? Oh, no. Yeah, sorry. Yes, I do. Okay. Well, thanks for taking the time to chat with us and Elena. We hope you guys um, really enjoyed it. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to like leave them on Instagram, DM Elena, or email us. We don't really check it. We kind of lost the password. We we'll find it. it. Um, but yeah, you can follow us on any platform you find your us you know well obviously if you're if you're listening to this you're pretty committed so uh yeah thanks for listening and we'll talk to y'all soon Bye. bye bye